Welcome to Get Yourself Back, a podcast designed especially for those recovering from narcissists. Here, I teach you how to heal, how to feel lasting peace, lead with love, and create the life you want, no matter what you've been through or who is in your life. Hi, I'm Laura, by the way, and I'm the coach for people dealing with narcissists who have lost themselves trying to survive. It's time to get yourself back. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. It is November of 2020. Some interesting things are happening, and things are cooling down here in the Northern Hemisphere, although in Houston, cool, quote-unquote, weather is uh, relative. <laughs> I'm just grateful to not be in the hundreds, but it is, um, it's still pretty warm outside. <laughs> so how is everyone doing? Are you getting ready for the holiday season? Is the idea of spending time with your extended family filling you with delight or dread or both? (laughs) Don't worry, I will be addressing this in an upcoming episode to get ready for the holiday season. So uh, in the meantime, if you want to listen to a previous episode called Difficult Relationships, that um, can tide you over until I release the one about getting ready for the holidays. Uh, For today, however... We're going to be focused on a very specific issue, a very specific how-to for a problem that is specific to people recovering from narcissists, and that is the intense need to beat ourselves up. So today we will talk about what that looks like, why we do it, and specific things that you can do starting today to learn how to stop forever. Oh, beating yourself up. Isn't that a fascinating concept? Most of us experience this phenomenon emotionally, right? This looks like saying terrible things to yourself. Things like, oh my gosh, I am a horrible person. I deserve that divorce. My kids are going to hate me forever, right? And and your inner mean girl comes out or inner mean boy, (laughs) there's both, comes out and says nasty things designed to create a lot of pain in your body. Oh, I'm so ugly. Why, like, I, why do I need to do something? I need to do something with that hair. I can't believe I said that. I was so stupid. Or maybe you ask yourself sarcastic questions like, why did I think this was such a good idea? I'm such an idiot. See, I knew I would fail at this. Why did I even bother? Such a loser. Or maybe you catastrophize all the horrible things that will happen and then you blame yourself for all of them. Everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to get fired. My husband will leave me. I'm going to get so fat. No one will ever love me again. And it's all my fault. I just can't get it together. Emotional self-flagellation can even lead to physical self-harm. The anger, the intense self-hatred can be so crazy that it manifests physically as you actually try to hurt your body. I won't go into too much detail on that today, but if this is you, I understand. I've been there. I know what that's like, and it is terrifying. But let me tell you the good news, that this destructive habit, both emotional self-harm and physical self-harm, can be understood and can be reversed. At least in the context of physical self-harm in the sense that it comes from the spiraling episode of self-hating thoughts. 
So the physical self-harm that I'm talking about today doesn't necessarily cover all physical self-harm that some of us do, but if you're if you've done this in the past where you have spiraled into a thought loop of self-hating thoughts that have created uh, so much energy in your body that in order to release it, you do self-harm, that's what I'm talking about today. Other types, there are other types, we will not be covering that, um, but if you are self-harming, I recommend that you please reach out, get help, go to a, an ER, go to a hospital, get attention so that we can stop this habit as soon as possible, all right? So we're going to focus mainly today on the emotional side of beating ourselves up. All right, so why do we beat ourselves up? Beating oneself up is a survival mechanism that you picked up in order to survive the narcissist in your life. It's a habit of thinking that has strong emotional pain association that came long before you decided to inflict it upon yourself. Because when verbal abuse happens and we don't have the tools to manage our emotions, to set boundaries, or to get ourselves out of the situation, the brain naturally adapts to survive the pain. The idea is that of a habit to create control. So if someone is criticizing you, especially someone that you love and trust, it is way more vulnerable and it hurts so much worse than if we criticize ourselves, or at least that's what we think. So we try to beat them to the punch, literally. If we get there before they do, it's almost like a self-protective mechanism. We might be feeling pain, but it's our pain, not what someone else gave us. We can predict and control this pain. For example, you know that the next time you see your relatives, someone might comment on your weight. So in order to preemptively manage that pain, you decide to beat yourself up for weighing whatever you weigh or for eating that cookie, okay? It's the idea that no one can hurt you more than you hurt yourself. The narcissist doesn't know how to manage his or her own emotion, right? So they frequently assign blame. It has to go somewhere. It's got to be someone's fault. And they typically will not blame themselves, so, which that's fine because <laughs> I don't believe in blaming oneself either, but I don't believe in blaming anyone. So there's that. But yeah, they typically won't assign blame to themselves in this scenario. So they will always assign blame on you. And a funny thing happens with a narcissist, right? They keep blaming you. They keep heaping on the guilt until they see that you are in enough emotional pain and then they stop. Once they are satisfied that you are suffering enough for, quote, what you've done to them, then they feel better. They feel like they reached you. They feel in control. They feel like you'll probably never do that again. Or at least if you do, you'll feel a lot of pain about it. But here's the truth. Narcissists don't cause pain. They give you their thoughts and those thoughts, if you accept and believe them, will cause you pain. And so we don't know this in the, in the heat of the moment of dealing with a narcissist, right? That separation of it's their thoughts and my thoughts are, are different, right? We have that enmeshment that we've been trained to experience, okay? So when that happens, you learned that if 
they would, you learned that they would stop inflicting all of this emotional pain on you if you felt bad enough. So you accepted and created so much bad emotion in your body and then that created safety from the narcissist. Do you see how it's just a mechanism to get them to stop instead of actually based in the reality of the thoughts, right? You're not actually a loser. You don't actually have, you know, a, a terrible hair or you know, you're not actually too fat, right? Or, or you didn't actually do the absolute worst thing ever, but you accepted and believed that so that the narcissist would be placated and would see that you were suffering and then that makes them feel better and then they stop. So again, without the proper tools to deal with this, most people just naturally accept and believe those thoughts, right? It just, it's an automatic thing. So I just want to offer, and I will do this until the cows come home, that this is not an opportunity to blame yourself or to beat yourself up for beating yourself up. Okay, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. All right, all right. When we see the world as a place where we either measure up or we don't, we find ways in which to motivate us to do better so that we're good enough. Okay, so beating yourself up is like whipping the horse so that it moves, right? Come on, self, stop being an idiot. Just do this thing, it'll be better. Or when we do something that goes against our goals, right? We have to beat ourselves up so that we have a better chance of reaching the goal. Ugh, why did I sleep in? I'm so lazy. Why can't I just get up like a normal person? No wonder nobody trusts me or takes me seriously, right? Or let's go back to the cookie example. Oh my gosh, I'm such a fat loser. I can't believe I ate that many cookies. I'm going to get diabetes and it's all going to be my fault and they're going to chop off my legs and I'm going to die an early death, right? Like these spiraling thoughts happen and the goal is, is designed, your brain is like, ooh, if we create so much pain in our bodies, then that pain is going to motivate us to not eat the cookie again. Or that pain is going to motivate us to not sleep through the alarm, okay? But guess what happens? When your body is in so much pain and you use food or you use sleeping in or whatever it is that you're trying to change about yourself, you use those things to feel better, right? It creates this cycle, right? You're just going to eat the cookie to feel better and, and to manage that emotional pain. And then you beat yourself up for eating the cookie and then you create more pain and then you eat more cookies. Okay. This is, this is how it works. It, you, it's like this thought loop error. That's all it is. Another thing is maybe you've actually done things you really aren't proud of. Okay. Like, like really bad things, quote unquote, like maybe you've made some crucial mistakes or maybe you've hurt people really badly. Maybe you abused someone or you talked bad about someone then realized they were standing right behind you. Maybe you lied to someone you love, or maybe you cheated on someone. These things our brains certainly will use as ways to beat ourselves up, right? Telling ourselves, I'm nothing but a lying, cheating piece of garbage. I'm worthless. Look at what I've done. Look at how I've hurt people. In fact, the bigger the offense, the more intense the self-hurt and the more justified it feels to beat yourself up. And then, let's say the narcissist in your life is long gone, okay? Maybe you have learned to set boundaries and you've appropriately distanced yourself from the toxic people in your life, but... 
the habit in your mind remains because it happens so naturally without even thinking about it or intending to do it, talking about beating yourself up, right? It just happens so naturally without thinking about it. And then you, you just live your life in this sense of constant underlying emotional pain and anxiety, waiting for the next shoe to drop or for the next failure to set you in a depression spiral. All right. I mean, this is how I used to live. Every time I saw an, a flash of an image in a mirror or on, you know, a window or something, right? Immediately I was bombarded with thoughts about my body image, right? And then I would beat myself up about it, right? Or, or, or other things that, you know, trigger the, the constant sense of emotional self-loathing that is bubbling underneath the surface at all times. And then when a trigger happens, it's like, oh, now we're in this big uh, thought spiral where it's going out of control, we're in so much pain, but it's always there, right? These thoughts, even if they're not 100% aware, you're not 100% aware of them all the time, they are always there lurking in the background. And so when the triggers set in, they do pop up. And then when the triggers go away, they do the, the thoughts seem to go away. But the truth is they are always there secretly running the things. They lodge deep in your subconscious as the default mechanism, getting you through your days, your months, and your years, right? This is kind of what we talked about in the self-sabotage episode, right? This is why sometimes we self-sabotage because we have these deep underlying things, thoughts, beliefs about ourselves that um, are running the show without our awareness. All right. Whew, that was that was heavy, right? You know, sometimes taking a look at this stuff can be really hard to do, but I promise it's worth it. Okay, so we've looked at all the negative stuff, all right? But friends, I just want to tell you right here, right now, it doesn't have to be this way. There is another way. So let's talk about how to get out of these habits and to change the default survival mechanism. I've outlined four very simple steps that you can start practicing right now so that you never beat yourself up ever again. Okay, so number one, be aware, have compassionate awareness. So the first step is to start becoming aware of when you beat yourself up. This looks like watching out for those triggers, noticing what triggers you, noticing what thoughts come up when you are faced with a trigger. So maybe failure at something might be a huge trigger for you, or maybe someone getting mad at you might be a trigger. Okay, so identifying them is is the first step, and, and, and the idea is not to try to solve for them yet. We just want to see what's there, okay? Start writing down all of your thoughts when you are triggered by something and you notice that you're beating yourself up. Notice when you are in a deep sense of shame, uh, if you're in a spiral of self-loathing, and write down all the thoughts that come to your mind, no matter how dark they are. Get some distance between you as a person and the thoughts pouring out of your mind so that you can see that they are just thoughts and they come from a specific machine in your mind that has been designed to create tremendous pain in order for you to feel safe. Okay, so come at it with some understanding. Come at it with some compassion, right? Like, oh, I see why this thought is so painful because 
the machine in my mind created it so that I could be safer, so I could be safe from the narcissist or that I could do a better in the future. Oh, I get it. Because here's the thing, you are going to want to beat yourself up for beating yourself up. Those thoughts that you get out on paper might be another trigger, okay? You're going to see all those ugly thoughts, quote unquote ugly, and you're going to think more thoughts to beat yourself up because we look at those thoughts and we think they're bad and they're scary and they aren't serving us and we should stop and and, and beating ourselves up is a terrible thing, right? But really, instead, today I want to invite you to interrupt that mechanism and to see the bad thoughts, quote bad, as just thoughts with a little bit of compassion, right? It's okay that I have those thoughts. I see where they came from. I was just trying to survive. I didn't have the tools back then and that is not my fault. I see them, they're there, and this is part of me and I'm working on changing this a little bit at a time. This awareness is just the first step. Okay, so so interrupt the mechanism that's going to want to beat yourself up for beating yourself up and allow those thoughts, those dark negative thoughts to be there without trying to force them to go away and, and just allow them to be there. Be aware and be compassionate about those that are there. All right, step two. Once you get some, you know, some thoughts out and you start looking at them with compassion, you really understand yourself. The next step is to process all of the pain out. So as you're writing your emotion out, you're going to start to connect with all the pain. This is very natural. As you write out the emotion, the, the chemicals of emotion flow through your body, and this is perfect and part of the process. Okay, It's now time to allow your body to process out all of the shame, all of the guilt, all of the self-loathing, all of the hatred, all of the hurt, all of the bitterness that is generated by these thoughts. Now, I want you to be careful because there is a difference between wallowing and allowing the emotion. There's a big difference because processing emotion is about being with the emotion without trying to solve it, without trying to make it go away. Okay. It's about seeing where the emotion is located in your body. It's about just experiencing it as a human Where is it located in your body? Does it move? What shape or color is it? It's it's the idea of closing your eyes and allowing the emotion to wash over you and receive it without resistance. Emotional pain cannot harm you. It's just the chemicals in your brain traveling through your body. And it's normal and healthy to feel emotional pain as a human. Now, if you are wallowing in emotional pain, what that looks like is that you are continuing to think the spiraling negative thoughts. Um, You are, you feel like you're a victim of the thoughts. You feel like you can't get out. You feel like you're stuck. There's, you, you want to get away. You want to resist. Okay. If you find that you are spiraling and you are wallowing in the pain and you're taking external action to release the emotion, notice that too. It's okay. Try to just come back into your body and feel the emotion. Notice if your body is trying to resist or avoid the emotion. This is 100% normal. Your brain is literally wired 
to avoid pain. So please be patient with yourself and try again. Come back into your body and experience the reality of the emotion over and over again. Just keep trying. Don't force it, but try one more time and see how it goes. And this process only needs to take a couple of minutes or a few minutes. You don't actually have to be there processing emotion for hours at a time. In fact, the more you try to sit with the emotion, the faster it processes out of your body. So for example, if I will, if I do this exercise and I'm writing things down and I'm feeling the emotion pass through my body, the more I try to just be present with the emotion, the emotion, the slipperier it, is that a word? Slipperier? Slip, slipperier. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Pregnancy brain is real y'all. Okay. The, the more slippery it gets. I, I, I can't hold on to it. It's very strange. I, I try to find it and it's not there anymore. And so it can actually process out really quickly if you really are willing to sit and be with the emotion. And again, there's just, there's no perfect way to do it. As long as you're present and you attempt it for a couple of minutes, I promise you it will make a huge difference. And the more you practice on a regular basis, maybe once a day, maybe once every other day, it will get easier and your brain will not be so afraid of it, okay? So that's step two, processing the pain. Step three is forgiveness, all right? So we've are become compassionately aware of all of our thoughts and all of the, the ways in which we beat ourselves up. And then we decide, we process out the emotional pain that's created by these thoughts, okay? Step three is a decision. Decide right now to forgive yourself. So if you want a simple mantra to practice, I'm pretty sure I've said this before on this podcast, put your hand over your heart and say, I love me, I forgive me. This might feel a little weird at first. That's okay. Your brain isn't used to forgiving. Forgiving is the opposite of beating yourself up. But what would it look like to let yourself off the hook for the stupid things that you said 15 years ago? How would it feel to tell yourself, hey, you know what? It's okay I ate that cookie. Even if I'm full, even if I feel kind of sick, I forgive me. Speaking of food, so one of the things I used to struggle with, as you can probably guess, is binge eating disorder. And after consuming what I thought was a large amount of food in one sitting, my body immediately flooded with shame. So much shame. How could I have eaten that much? I am so out of control. I have an addiction. I am ruining my body. How can I be a good parent if I'm doing this? I'm dooming my children to have the same issues. And on and on and on, I would just spiral in these negative self-flagellating thoughts. But when I started to practice forgiving myself for eating, it was truly amazing. I would put my hand on my heart and I said, I forgive me. And when I did that enough times, right at first, the first few times I didn't feel anything. It didn't make a difference, but I, I kept at it, you know, every single incident. I finally truly felt it. I felt forgiveness flood my body. The tension of the shame just released and tears would come to my eyes and I felt so much relief. It, it was like I had done this horrible, horrible thing and some amazing person came and told me, hey, it's okay, don't worry about it, right? And 
I don't know, the, the, the simple act was such a huge part of my recovery and still is in lots of other aspects of my life because we are human beings and humans are imperfect and we will make mistakes. And if you're listening to this, not only are you a human, you also have a little bit of a narc brain and that narc brain is wired to sabotage you and wired to beat yourself up and wired to create so much pain in your body because that's how it survived. So the truth is you are going to mess things up sometimes, even as you're trying to get it right. Expect it, roll with it, allow it to be part of the beautiful experience of being human. Self-forgiveness is the greatest gift you can give yourself. It is true safety. Beating yourself up is like a counterfeit form of safety. It's what got you through, but it will and is keeping you down. Self-forgiveness is the actual emotional safety that you're searching for, and it will propel you forward. It's going to make you better. It's going to help you reach new heights. So trust me, this skill is critical as you heal from narcissism in general, not just as you heal from beating yourself up, the habit of beating yourself, but, uh, but it, it's true for so much of the work that we do. Finally, this is step four. Step four is to make another decision. And that is to lovingly set the boundary to never, ever beat yourself up ever again. So I did this for myself a while ago, and I've certainly had to remind myself of this boundary, okay? But I promise you, it's made a huge difference. I told myself, Laura, I love you, but we are not going to talk to ourselves like this anymore. Okay, so I know it sounds a little weird. It's a little schizophrenic. It's okay. But you, so you don't have to do it in a specific way, but that's the language that spoke to the deepest parts of my mind. So imagine a mother figure stooping down, lovingly putting her arm around your shoulder and telling you that, hey, we don't talk like that anymore. That's not what we do. It's not who we are. This is the limit Okay, no more. Now, does this mean that from this moment forward, you're going to be perfect at not beating yourself up ever again? Of course not. Because, I mean, how many times does it take a mom, a mother, to tell her five-year-old to stop hitting your brother or to stop throwing her food? It takes a lot of times. Moms have to reset the boundary with their kids over and over again until they learn. And it takes a lot of patience and a lot of reminding. But eventually the child does stop the behavior if you are, if the mom or the parent is consistent with setting the boundary. And the same is true for you. Commit today to stop beating yourself up, even if you have the urge, even if you accidentally fall into doing it again, at least in that moment, as soon as you become aware, you're not going to beat yourself up for beating yourself up, right? Remember, compassionate awareness see the thoughts as they are, feel and process the emotion, the pain in your body, where is it? Decide to forgive yourself. I love me, I forgive me. And recommit to never talking to yourself in this way again. So as you develop this skill, you will flood your body with new emotions, peace, calm, love. Allow those to be there. It's safe to feel these emotions in your body, even if there are those around you 
who disagree, who believe otherwise. Even if there are those around you who want to be, want you to beat yourself up. Because there are people in your life who benefit from you beating yourself up. And it doesn't feel safe to be calm and peaceful and to have love in your own body. But I promise you, it is. It is the ultimate safety. So, let's review one more time. If you are a person who beats yourself up a lot, then here are the steps to stop forever. Be compassionately aware by noticing your triggers, noticing what comes up, and writing it all down. Number two, stop and feel the emotion in your body without spiraling out, without wallowing in it, just experience it in your body. Number three, forgive yourself over and over and over until you can feel it. Number four, set the boundary. Decide and commit to never beating yourself up ever again. Even if you're going to fail at it, that's okay. Recommit every single time. Listen, you have my permission to never beat yourself up ever again. Not that you needed my permission, but it's there. (laughs) So here are some thoughts that I have worked on believing that have helped me to stop beating myself up. One thought is there are no wrong choices, just choices and consequences. And the consequences serve to teach me what I want and what I don't want. I love that thought. If we come, if we make a choice and the consequences that happen because of that choice are things that we don't want, perfect. Now we'll make a different choice because now I've learned about a a, a consequence I don't want. I'll try again. Here's another one. No one has the power to harm me but me, and I choose not to harm me today. I love that thought. It's so empowering. People in your life benefit from you feeling emotional pain because of words that they say. But the truth is, is that no one has the power to create harm or to create pain in your body but you. And you can choose not to create pain in your body today. And if you're not perfect at it right away, that's okay. That is, but this idea is possible as you keep doing the work. Another thought is, I love me no matter what I've chosen in the past. I deserve love no matter what. I love this thought. This is where we bring in unconditional love, which is the antidote to all narcissism, right? I'm just going to decide to love me no matter what. I deserve that, and that's okay. And you don't need anyone else to validate that you can love you no matter what. You don't need someone else to say, hey, I love you no matter what you've done in the past. You don't need that. You just need you to say it. But a lot of times we wait for other people to, to validate that for us. And that's okay. That's, that's how we've been raised. That's how we've been trained to, to um, operate in the world. But what if it were true that the only person that you needed love from was you? What if you were the only person that could provide validation? Just a fun thought. It's definitely served me. And finally, I am learning to change my default mechanisms one day at a time, right? This is self-patience. This is, I'm figuring it out a little bit by little bit. I'm not going to be perfect at it and that's okay. In fact, it's expected and part of the process. That has helped me so much. 
So you'll notice some interesting things happen as you develop this practice. You're going to notice that goals you've been trying to reach will actually become a little easier. You'll also notice that your constant sense of emotional pain is going to reduce. At least that was definitely true for me, and it's definitely true of my clients. You'll notice that for some triggers, you have nailed this practice and you have stopped beating yourself up because you because these triggers no longer um, create the beating yourself up for you anymore. But you're also going to notice that for other triggers, it hasn't quite come as easily. And I want you to know this is normal. And it, again, this is part of the process because your brain is like a mansion with a lot of rooms and you are renovating one room at a time. And sometimes we go to another room in our brain mansion house and that renovation hasn't reached that room yet. That's okay. It's coming. The renovation is coming. But the important thing is to stick to the steps, to stay with the process, to be patient as your brain adapts, and to forgive yourself every single time. Yes, every single time that you mess up. All right? You can do this. You were made for this. Thank you so much for being with me today. Here's to never beating ourselves up again. All right? You can do that. (laughs) Until next time, have a wonderful day. Bye. Hey there. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, working one-on-one with me just might be what you're looking for. I invite you to book a consultation. It's a free one-hour conversation focused entirely on your situation that will change your life. Email me directly at laura.com. At bythewaycoaching.com to get started. Can't wait to see you soon.